Well, happy Easter again. It's a, it's a wonderful day. It's a day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead some 2,000 years ago now. Now, in America, around 75% of people believe that Jesus rose from the dead. In Britain, only about 50% currently believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But contrary to popular opinion, truth is not determined by polls. Uh, the Bible tells us, history records, that Jesus Christ indeed did rise from the dead. And that's what we're going to talk about today. My title is Believe in the Resurrection. And our goal today is that at the end of the service, everybody here would believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And secondly, you would see how that applies to your life today. Now, the most obvious implication of Jesus rising from the dead 2,000 years ago is that Jesus is not dead. He's alive. If Jesus rose from the dead, never to die again, he is alive today. And how do we know that the resurrection is true? Well, the New Testament was written in Koine Greek and, and the language of the day. And the New Testament records 12 separate appearances of the risen Christ to different people, some people individually, some in small groups, some in large groups. We have eyewitness accounts of people seeing and interacting with the risen Jesus Christ. In fact, the resurrection of Jesus is mentioned some 175 times in the New Testament. It is a major thing that is taught, that is referenced to. Noted apologist and scholar Norman Geisler states, and I quote, evidence for the resurrection of Christ is compelling. There are more documents, more eyewitnesses, and more corroborative evidence than for any other historical event of ancient history. That's quite a statement. A historian outside of the Bible named Josephus talks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we go through the message today, we're going to describe other evidence for the resurrection of Jesus but first we want to ask the question, why is the resurrection so important? Why is it such a big deal in the New Testament? Why are we talking about it today? And as I've said before, if the resurrection never happened, then Jesus is still dead, and we would have no hope for eternal life. Let's look at our first verse, and I encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the outline and verses written out here on the back are study questions for some of the small groups. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 7 says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. In other words, if the resurrection never happened, then, then everything about Christianity is a lie. Nothing that we talk about, nothing that the Bible talks about is true at all. Jesus himself predicted, he prophesied that he would be crucified on the cross and three days later he would rise from the dead. If he didn't do it, Jesus is a liar. Jesus didn't, couldn't predict his own resurrection. If Jesus is still dead, then there is no forgiveness for sins. If Jesus was still dead, then there would be no hope for a relationship with God. There would be no hope for eternal life. The second reason the resurrection is so important is that you must believe in the resurrection in order to be saved. Unfortunately, there are an increasing number of people who claim to be Christians but say they don't believe in the resurrection, and that simply doesn't make sense. 
Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Seems pretty clear to me. This verse says, in order to be saved, number one, you must submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And number two, you must believe that God raised him from the dead. And that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because you can't follow a dead man, can you? You can't obey his instructions. And so Jesus is Lord, and in order to follow him, we must be alive. Every other religious leader, every other religious founder is dead and buried. Whether Muhammad, Moses, Buddha, Krishna, Confucius, whoever else you might name as a religious leader, they are dead and buried. Now, yes, people follow their teachings, but they don't follow their leader. Their leader is dead and buried. Only Jesus is alive. And so today we're going to look at just one of the historical accounts of Jesus' resurrection. It's found in Luke chapter 24, and we want to answer two questions. The first question is, why should I believe in the resurrection? And the second question is, what practical impact does the resurrection have on my life today? So let's begin by looking at the evidence of the empty tomb. Beginning in Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And so Jesus Christ had been crucified by Roman soldiers on Friday. That's Good Friday. He'd been placed in an empty tomb. A stone was rolled over the entrance to the tomb. A guard of soldiers was posted to protect, to guard the tomb from anybody getting into it and stealing the body. A seal was placed across the tomb and sealed with a leader's signature so that they could know if anybody had tampered with the tomb. And those extreme measures were taken because the Jewish leaders were concerned that they didn't want anybody be able to claim that Jesus had risen from the dead and they wanted to keep his tomb sealed and shut. Now, in these verses, we see a group of women. They're coming to the tomb to anoint the body with spices. It wasn't, there wasn't time to do it before the body was taken down from the cross. In another gospel, the Gospel of Mark, the women were concerned as they walked to the tomb whether they'd be able to roll this big stone away. But when they got to the tomb, the stone had already been rolled away. Other accounts tell us that an angel came down from heaven and rolled the stone away. Now, why did the angel roll the stone away? It wasn't so that Jesus could get out. It was so people could see that the tomb was empty. A stone was no barrier for Jesus when he was risen from the dead. And so when the women entered the tomb, they were shocked. They didn't expect, even though Jesus had prophesied that he would rise from the dead, unfortunately they didn't believe him. They thought he would be in there lying dead, but the tomb was empty. His body was not there. And so the empty tomb is powerful evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. This was the very thing that the Jewish leaders did not want to happen. That's why they took such great lengths to protect the tomb. 
And even now with the tomb empty, all the Jewish leaders would have had to do, or the Romans for that matter, was to find the body. If they found the body of Jesus, wherever, if somebody had taken it, if they found the body, then they could have proved that Jesus was still dead. And if they had done that, Christianity would be finished. And yet, look as they wanted to look, nobody could produce, nobody could find the body of Jesus. And so what happened? Why was the tomb empty? It was because the power of God came into Jesus as he lay there dead in the tomb and he rose from the dead. God gave proof through the resurrection from the dead that Jesus had fulfilled God's plan of providing forgiveness for our sins by dying on the cross. And so Jesus Christ was fully human, and yet he was also fully God. He was the only human being who's ever been raised from the dead, never to die again. And so Jesus was much more than a good man, much more than a prophet. He was God in the flesh. And so we must acknowledge who he was. We must submit our lives to him as Lord. Revelation 1 verse 5 describes Jesus as the firstborn from the dead. The firstborn from the dead. And that means that all of those who believe in Jesus, all of those who believe in his resurrection will one day also be raised from the dead when Jesus returns again as Jesus was. And so the resurrection gives us hope, not just in this life, but in the life to come, that we are going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, the living one who lives forever and ever. And so that is the evidence of the empty tomb. Now let's look at the testimony of angels. Beginning in verse 4, while they, the women we're talking about, were wandering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you when he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day, be raised again. And so now we have supernatural confirmation of the resurrection. This was an eyewitness account. Not just of one woman, who people might say had hallucinated or something, but a group of women who all saw and heard the angel speak to them. And the angel made it clear the reason the tomb was empty was because Jesus had risen and he was alive. And then the angels reminded the women that Jesus himself had predicted this. He predicted his betrayal, his crucifixion on the cross, and that he would rise again back to life on the third day. So in the next part of the chapter, we don't have time to read, the women went back to the disciples and told them they had gone into the tomb and the tomb was empty and the disciples didn't believe the women. Disciples were still afraid. They were hiding away from the Jewish leaders, away from the Romans for fear of what might happen to them. And so this angelic message reminds us that Jesus' crucifixion was part of God's plan. Jesus being crucified on the cross was not an accident. Jesus being crucified was not something that caught God unawares or caught Jesus unawares. I mean, Jesus prophesied and predicted that it would happen that way. It was part of God's plan. Not only 
Did Jesus know it was going to happen? He told his disciples what would happen, even though, as we see here, they really didn't believe it. And so Jesus promised that on the third day he would rise again. And when God makes a promise, he always keeps his promises. And so we can have assurance today that God keeps his promises to us. Nothing is too difficult for God. All things are possible for God. If God could raise Jesus Christ from the dead after being dead for three days, then he can help you with any difficulty you may be in today. The resurrection gives us hope because it demonstrates to us the incredible power of God. God can do absolutely anything. The resurrection gives us hope because Jesus is alive today. Now let's turn to the strongest evidence of the resurrection, the appearance of Jesus. We're going to skip down to verse 36. I'd encourage you to read the whole chapter, Luke 24. We don't have time to go through it all this morning. Uh, there's other very interesting accounts of the, another appearance of Jesus we don't have time to talk about. But let's jump down to verse 36. While they, in this case, it's the disciples were meeting together in a closed room, hiding. So while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And so the disciples, as I said, were hiding in a room in Jerusalem. They'd heard the women's story. They really didn't believe it. And then they'd heard that Peter and others had seen Jesus alive. And now suddenly Jesus appeared in the very room they were sitting in. They were frightened. They didn't know what to make of it. They still couldn't believe that somebody who had been dead for three days was alive again. So they thought, maybe this is a spirit. Maybe this is a ghost. Maybe this is some kind of apparition. But Jesus made it clear that he was not a spirit. He said, look at my hands. Look at my feet. They've been pierced with Roman nails as he had been nailed to the cross. And the holes, the wounds were still in his hands and were still in his feet. Jesus invited the disciples to touch him and see that he was indeed flesh and blood, just as they were. That he had a human body. In the next verses, Jesus ate fish in their presence, just as a human being would do. He was fully a human being, alive from the dead, and yet also God, having a glorified body. We don't have time to talk about that, but that body could do things that no human body could do, but yet it's the kind of body that we will have one day when Christ raises us from the dead. And Jesus explained to his disciples that everything that had happened, being crucified on the cross, rising from the dead on the third day, had been prophesied by Old Testament prophets and had now been fulfilled. And so we see the tomb, uh, scene shifting from the tomb to this room, holding the disciples, hiding from the authorities. They were frightened, doubtful, Startled when Jesus appeared, and yet Jesus brings his peace to them. And in just a short 40 days, 
From that time, these same disciples would be transformed from being fearful and hiding to being bold, courageous witnesses for Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. They would go from hiding to turning the world upside down with the gospel. If Jesus had stayed dead, the church would never have been born. If Jesus was still dead, why would these people, these disciples, these apostles have gone around risking their lives to talk about a man they knew was dead and say he was really alive, to live a lie? It never would have happened. Only people convinced that Jesus was alive would risk their lives to be his witnesses, to say that he was alive. And Jesus wants to do the same for us today. Perhaps things in your life have you fearful. Perhaps you have some doubts. Perhaps you're confused about some things. But Jesus wants to say to you this morning, peace be with you. He wants his peace to enter into and fill your life. He wants you to gain hope as you believe that he's alive today. And then Jesus had a mission for the disciples. He had work for them to do, and so he has a mission for your life as well. And so let's turn to hear the words of Jesus. In verse 46, Jesus told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name, to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And so Jesus refers back to Old Testament prophecies about himself. Notice that he here is claiming to be the Messiah, the one who had been predicted by the Old Testament prophets who would come, the Savior, the Lord. He was the Messiah who was to suffer and then rise from the dead. And Jesus speaks of the ultimate purpose of the resurrection. The purpose of the resurrection was so that people from all nations could be saved. And Jesus gave the method by which people would be saved. It was that the disciples were to preach in the name of Jesus to the entire world. The message they were to preach begins with what? Repentance. Repentance is turning away from your sin, repenting of your sin, and asking for God's forgiveness, receiving the forgiveness that Jesus offers. And so the disciples were not, no longer to preach just in Israel. They were to preach to every nation on the face of the earth, including the United States of America, ultimately. They preached to people. They became saved. who shared the gospel with other people down to you and me today. And that's why we're here this morning. Verse 48, Jesus continues and says, You, speaking to the disciples, are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And so one more thing was required for the disciples to preach the Gospels to all nations. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking about the baptism in the Spirit which had been promised. The disciples were not to go out as witnesses until they had been Spirit-baptized. Now, 40 days after Easter, after Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus ascended into heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Easter, 10 days later, Jesus began to pour out his spirit. 
The disciples were baptized in the Spirit, received the power to be bold witnesses to the very ends of the earth. And so Jesus makes it clear that his resurrection proves that he was and is the long-promised Messiah, the very Son of God. The salvation of God could move from just the nation of Israel to every nation on the face of the planet. A universal religion, as it were. And those who believed were to be Jesus' witnesses, to spread the good news. That's what the gospel is. It's the good news that Jesus is alive. And because he's alive today, he is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He has all authority, all power. And we are to spread the gospel in Jesus' name to the ends of the earth. And so this morning, we need to ask the question, where do you fit in? This morning, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Have you repented of your sins? Do you believe in his resurrection? Whatever you're going through in life, God wants to give you hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'd like us to watch a short video entitled, A Resurrection Story. If you could write the story of your life, what would you write? You know, all of us have had times of sin, times of failure, times of despair in our lives, in our stories, but yet today, God wants to give you a fresh start in life. He wants you to be part of the resurrection story of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to ask the question, do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? If you do, it's time to take the next step and to become a follower, a disciple of Jesus. Or perhaps you've made a, a commitment to Jesus in the past, but you know in your heart that you've, you've drifted away. And today you want to commit your life to Him this, this Easter Sunday. And God wants each of us to die to our old way of life and be raised to new life in Christ. And so to enter into a resurrection life of hope this Easter, we need to do three things. First of all, admit that we've sinned and repent of that sin. Turn away from it. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Secondly, we need to believe that Jesus died on the cross, lived a perfect life, had no sin of his own. He died on the cross. He took our sin upon himself and paid the penalty. And he died. He was in the tomb for three days. But God raised him from the dead. And finally, we need to commit our lives to following the risen Lord. He's alive today. We commit our lives to following him as our Lord, doing what he tells us to do. And so I'd like us to bow our heads right now. We're going to pray. And if you'd like to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time this morning or recommit your life to him, you feel like you've wandered away, I'd like to ask you to raise your hand as a sign of commitment that you're going to ask God into your life. I'm not going to call you forward or anything like that. If you'd like to recommit your life or commit your life for the first time, raise your hand. Okay, I see those hands. You can put them down. Let's pray. And let's just pray this in your own mind. Just agree with me something like this. Father, today, I admit that 
I've sinned. I've done wrong things. And today I choose to repent, to turn away from those things. And I ask for you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross, Jesus, and that you rose from the dead. That you paid the price for my sins so that I wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell. And I commit my life to following you as my Lord, to doing everything you say. Thank you for coming into my life. And for those of us who are already believers, and we believe in the resurrection, God wants us to become effective witnesses for him. Just as the first disciples were to be effective witnesses, so we are too. And if you'd like to be a more effective witness for Jesus, then you pray along with me as well. Father, we thank you that Jesus died on the cross. We thank you that he rose from the dead and that he's alive today. I believe with all of my heart that the tomb is empty and Jesus lives forever and ever. He is the living one, the firstborn from the dead. And I want to live in that resurrection power. I want to live a life that's filled with hope, that's filled with purpose. I want to live a life, God, of following you as my Lord. Forgive me, God, for getting bogged down in the problems of my own life. For getting my eyes off of you. And so today I choose to lift my eyes from looking at my problems to looking at Jesus, the living one, the one seated at the right hand of God. Fill me with your spirit so that I can be a witness for you each and every day of my life, spreading your truth to those that so desperately need to hear it. I commit my life to seeking you and your kingdom first and foremost in my life. I commit my life to telling others about Jesus Christ. Not just a good man who lived 2,000 years ago, but the resurrected Christ who is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, the resurrected Christ who has all authority in heaven and earth. Thank you that you, never, that you promised to never leave me or forsake me. I look forward to walking through life with you and one day walking right into eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.